to On the Block with Strick and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back here on the block at full strength. Uh, myself, Jake Bachman, here with Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet. And uh, here around the corner, we'll have Shootout with Strick, your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. But before that, let's talk some Big Ten football. And we've got a few different uh, topics to go around. First of all, Strick, throw out there, if there's a team other than Ohio State that you think could compete in the Big Ten, uh, from the Big Ten, I should say, in the college football playoffs. Uh, let us know your thoughts there on the Sardar Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. We've seen in the past it hasn't gone pretty when teams outside of Ohio State have made it to um, that tournament, of course, with Michigan this past year not really being too competitive with Georgia and Michigan State not scoring a point when they made it a few years back now. Um, so uh, I don't I don't know. I, I think it's a good story. I think it's, a, it, it, you know, you, you know it, it's kind of – whatever team it is is going to have to be kind of gritty more so than rely on all uh, out athleticism that the Ohio States and the, and the Alabamas and the Georgias of the worlds can. Um, and so I, I think that there might be a ceiling to that. I don't necessarily see, especially this team uh, this year, excuse me, a team that, that can do that. Ohio state for what it's worth is absolutely loaded. Once again, might have the two top tackles in the Big Ten, or pretty close to it. Peter Skronsky of, of, uh, of Northwestern, actually, one of the really best tackles in the Big Ten. But they've got two really good ones uh, to protect C.J. Stroud um, and, and obviously Travian Henderson, their, their running back, uh, wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be there. No, or not Marvin Harrison Jr., um, Ah, no, I'm blanking on his name. Son of a good, son of a of, of a of a weapon there, um, but in any case, um, they're they're pretty loaded. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there's just I, I was just kind of breaking down the Big Ten while I was away uh, and kind of reading more into it and just being like, man, the the just the, the just the amount of of excitement that anybody else would be if they had that offense. Um, because I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's probably the top offense in the nation. Uh, and remember Kevin Wilson, the former Indiana coach is the offensive coordinator over there at Ohio state. I wonder if they have another good year. And, and of course last year was seen as a failure because they lost two games. Um, but if the offense has another good year, if he'd get another shot at it. Um, so that's something to ponder. Also, I want to do the, uh, the top quarterbacks that Nebraska is going to play, uh, this upcoming year. Uh, I mean, we already know who number one is. So yeah. really, there's not even like. Well, a, we're going to go for the bottom, yeah. and, and then and then surprise you at number one. Uh, but you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I think there's an argument for number one. But, you really I, do. I really do. Oh, I'd like to hear that. Uh, and uh, and but uh, obviously Sam McEwen wrote a pretty good article about this uh, from the Omaha World Herald. If you want to check that out, I uh, just wanted to shout him out for kind of giving us the idea here. Um, I think you start outside of conference play uh, if you're doing this. Uh, Kyle Van Trees, uh would probably be. I, I, I don't know. That that would be given. Uh, that'd be given some love to Tommy Schuster. I think you probably put Tommy Schuster of North Dakota last. Um, really. Yeah, I mean he's it, it's it's the uh, the different level of play. Not to say that we haven't seen FCS but quarterbacks it's not come out. Necessarily, you're still just talking about quarterback, though. You know, yeah. not not the surrounding aspects of them, just as a quarterback. Right? But he has he hasn't blown anybody away either. Last year, uh, in nine games, he threw or excuse me, I think he played all year. Uh, but 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 twenty. 2,393 yards, 13 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. They played a lot of close games uh, against good opponents for the FCS level. And actually, but he, he was did, efficient when he played up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah did you was, have him ranked w- higher? Yeah, I mean, 
I I mean I I had him ahead of Tommy DeVito. I think Tommy DeVito right wow. now for me is is probably the one that has the least amount of experience in a bad on a bad team with the weapons are kind of questionable to me and so I I would rank him last. That's interesting. Even over an FCS quarterback. Yeah. I mean, we've seen FCS quarterbacks do well, yeah. you know, get drafted stuff like that, but um I I'd, I'd probably start there. Uh, my number 11 is Kyle Van Trees of, of Georgia Southern. Of course, he played for Buffalo last year uh, against the Huskers, was 27 of 50 for 224 yards and a interception in the 28-3 loss uh, to Nebraska. So you kind of already got an idea of what he's going to look like. He finished the season with 1,861 passing yards in 10 games, uh, eight touchdowns and six interceptions, missed the final two games with a right arm injury and was part of a pretty large exodus from the Buffalo program after the year. Well, I have I have actually John Doerr. Okay. But for me, the reason I have him, you know, ahead of Van Trees is just because Doerr to me, I just I'm just not comfortable because for me, Van Trees has seen Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. So he's seen the speed. He understands what he's going to be facing. Yes, he had a bad day against them, but ultimately – he knows and is familiar with them. That's why I kind of had him up there. Um, I'm I'm having trouble just throwing Door ahead of him right now, and I think Door doesn't have weapons. He only threw for three touchdowns, four interceptions. He's upside down. He didn't even get to a thousand yards last year. So uh, I'm a little suspect on him. That's why I kind of had him behind Vandries. That's fair enough. I, I respect my Big Ten West quarterbacks in, in the way that nobody else probably should. Uh, but uh, that's why I've got the these guys rated a little bit lower. Um, at number 10, I have Ryan Halinski from Northwestern. He actually could become the first starting quarterback that Scott Frost has beaten twice at Nebraska. Hasn't so you done think, that you think you, you think Norvedral comes up short in that fight? Uh, against Gavin Wimsett? Ryan Halinski is from Northwestern. Oh, the Northwestern. Yeah, from Northwestern. Yeah, I'm, tri- I'm tripping. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he split starting duties last year with uh, Andrew Marty, who has now moved on. He was a senior last year, and Hunter Johnson also moved on. Uh, but uh, anyways, Halinski finished with 978 yards, uh, three touchdowns, and four interceptions on the season. Hasn't lived up to that 2019 debut that he had with South Carolina, uh, where he once threw for 11 touchdowns, five interceptions, and around 2,400 yards with the Gamecocks. Hasn't been able to do that at Northwestern. Um, for what it's worth, Brennan Sol- Sullivan, kind of a dual threat quarterback there. He could actually be starting once we get to Ireland, uh, and they'll probably have a little uh, quarterback duel to leading up to that game. Uh, he didn't uh, He didn't uh, really play last year, so we'll kind of see. But in any case, Helensky last year against Nebraska, 25 of 39, 256 yards and a touchdown in the 56-7 loss to Nebraska. Well, for me, you know, I, got, I said Tommy DeVito, John Doerr, Kyle, Tommy Schuster, and then I go Noah Vedral. Um but there's no I mean there's no clear cut favorite that Noah Vedral is even that guy. I mean he's been there long enough, right? Yeah. They only have 4.5 yards per carry, I mean per play last year. And so then you've got to look at, you know, Piscataway and um who who was the backup, but then also a former four-star recruit in Gavin Wimsat. Um could possibly land more snaps. So I think there's a fight there to be had. I just don't know who's going to come out, but right now 
you know, I would go with the veteran guy in Vedral. Yeah, it seems like more often than not, from everything I'm looking at, people are leaning toward Gavin Wimsett, which is interesting because he, I mean, he spot played last year and was 9 of 21 for 45 yards and two picks. So it's not like he's completely unknown, uh, and it hasn't been good. Now, like you said, Rutgers offense has been pathetic altogether, uh, averaged just 19.7 points per game last season. So it's almost like um, they're just hopeful for new mm-hmm. instead of what they know in Noah Vedral. Uh, uh, who's solid uh, through last year for 1,813 yards, seven touchdowns, and seven picks, but didn't throw a touchdown in the final six games. That's, That's a pretty rough horror. stretch, yeah. uh, which is why they've probably got them up there. That's why I've got them at number nine. Uh, number eight, that's I, That's where I actually have Tommy DeVito. You mentioned him earlier. Uh, I think you did. You already mentioned yeah, him. Yeah, I had him last. Yeah. Um, I do respect a little bit what he's done out there in ACC conference. He had a streak of 212 pass attempts without an interception, which is a, a record for Syracuse. That was back in 2019. The last couple of years have not been so kind to him. Uh, through the first through games of uh, 2020, uh, oh, or excuse me, it was the, from 2019 to 22 that that passing uh, attempt without an interception streak. But in any case, he's uh, career tw- uh, 28 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, in 2019, he threw for 24 or 2360 yards, 19 touchdowns, and five picks. But last couple of years, seasoning in- injury in 2020, and wasn't things weren't going his way up there in Syracuse last year. So he transferred in week six last season, made it known that he was going to the transfer portal. Uh, but whether it's him, Archer Sitkowski is still there for what it's worth. Illinois, a team definitely not getting a whole lot of respect in, in the preseason. I think that's fair, but I, I think he's a, a little bit of a a little bit of, of upgrade over Archer Sitkowski and what they've had out there recently. So that's why I have him a little bit higher on the list. Well, for me, I, I'm going to go right now at this point with Tanner Morgan. I think but I, I, I find him in the middle of this pack because – this is going to be the first quarterback to play Nebraska five times if he stays healthy, you know. It, so that'll be in November fifth in Lincoln. So um, I think he has potential, but I put him in the middle because there's been some inconsistencies there. But I think this is the best chance for him to have his best receiving core since 2019 uh, coming up. And so with his veteran leadership and his, the possibility of, of of him knowing Nebraska, but. You know, he's facing Shenander pretty pretty regularly. You know, there could be some different wrinkles. He hasn't probably seen a guy possibly like O'Shawn Mathis that's going to be coming around the edge and Garrett, uh, Garrett Nelson and the guys like that. But, you know, it, it could be a different look for him. But ultimately, I think he finds himself in the middle of the pack because we just don't know what his receiver's core is going to do. That's for me. Yeah, I've got I've got him a little bit higher, but not much higher. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and uh, ruin the surprise here. Tanner Morgan, Spencer Petras, and Graham Mertz are basically the same person. Uh, they all play for Big Ten West teams. They all threw for about eleven or, or ten or eleven touchdowns, about ten or eleven interceptions. Not not explosive offenses, um, and so they're all kind of grouped in here for me. Uh, I give Tanner Morgan a little bit of respect again for what he's done in the past, so I have him a little bit higher. And he's got his offensive coordinator back. You mentioned that probably the best weapon since 2019. His offensive quarterback uh, uh, Kirk Siaraka is back. Um, from that unit as well for the first year. So maybe they can kind of spark that magic they had a few years ago when he threw for 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Hasn't looked anything like that since. Um, but I have him, I have him at fifth. Um, but overall, I have seventh. I have Graham Mertz. So I have him ahead of 
of Graham Mertz and Spencer Petras of Iowa. Graham Mertz last year, 1,958 yards, 10 uh, touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, for what it's worth, you don't need to do a whole lot, as we know in the past, against Nebraska if you're a quarterback to win that game. It was just 12 of 18 for 145 yards against Nebraska. Um, but uh, has, I mean, he was a former four-star guy um, that they, they chased uh, out Jack uh, Cohn with, and Jack Cohn proved to be a pretty good quarterback at Notre Dame, um, and it just hasn't really hit yet. I mean, he throws inopportune interceptions and, and just hasn't provided a spark there. Um, and I, so, I mean, it's hard to have these guys too high on the list. The fact that they're in the middle of the list should tell you something about the, the competition level that Nebraska has, at least at quarterback. There's not a whole lot of guys that are, you're going to fear going to come out and sling it all over the yard on you. Well, yeah. So for me, I mean, I, I find myself having Spencer Pietras and either, either one of them, Alex Padilla. I mean, <laughs> Spencer Pietras' pass accuracy has been his problem. Right? He's only 52%. I'm sorry, 57%. Mobility isn't his best suit. <laughs> so, uh, But I think he's got some weapons, though. I think he's got some weapons. Normally, they'll sprinkle in a good running game, which is not going to be the same as it was last year, of course. Let's just be honest about that. But at the same time, you can't get no worse than 57%. If you just watch film and you study film and you're able to just break down and then work on mechanical issues that you had. I mean, if you, if you get to 65%, I think you're going to be better than what you were. And they were a successful team because they had a great defense. But yeah. I still kind of put him there in that spot. Then I go next to Graham Mertz. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not big on Graham Mertz. I just think that he's got a team. I mean, you know, he's one of those top 100 recruits that signed with the Badgers that just haven't done very well and had the success uh turnover prone but he's got good pedigree i mean you know he threw for 30 32 uh 169 yards uh in 22 games his ratio is stinks 19 touchdowns to 16 interceptions but ultimately uh i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of on the fence about Merce, but I, I still think he's there i think he's better than pietris i think you know, as I look up and down that that whole list, it, it's still he kind of find him right there in that spot. Yeah, and it's weird with him. I mean, they were the 120th best passing team last year, only 160 yards per game. And now they're going with a first-time offensive coordinator in Bobby Ingram. Um, so that's also kind of weird that that's where they go to. to they, they feel like that's the uh, that's where they're going to finish up, like that's the answer. Um, but maybe it can be a different offensive coordinator in there. Paul Chris has done a lot of OCing himself over the last couple of years, and it has not been good as they've only averaged 25 points per game in the last couple of season so maybe a new look can can kind of can kind of break them out of that mold I think they're going for a little bit more of a, of a spread offense as well yeah. um, which in the past has it worked at Wisconsin I like Wisconsin bruiser ball even if it's without a great quarterback or a high upside on, on offense but they're they're kind of getting frustrated up down there in Madison uh, with other quarterbacks have been playing uh, let's uh, quickly go into the top four now uh, I have Connor Basilek of uh, of Indiana transfer now from Missouri former uh, co-freshman of the the year in the SEC, uh, six and three as Missouri's starting quarterback through for 2,548 yards last season, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Of course, that 11 interceptions is a high number, um, but over 5,000 yards in his career. Uh, I think that, that he could he could sling the ball a little bit. He doesn't have much to work with there in Indiana, but at least they got themselves a quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, and, and this was a tough one for me. I've got him switched. Right. So I don't know what your way. I don't know what your next one is, but I'll just say I have Dylan Gabriel right here. Mm. And 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 it's not because I don't think I, I just think that 
Connor just has a little bit more season to me, even though uh, competition season, just a little bit of that. I think UCF is, is tremendous. He's very familiar with Scott Frost because Scott Frost recru- recruited him there. Uh, 70, 70 career touchdowns, um, breaking his collarbone in 2021. Coming off of that, um, I just think that the upswing in the talent level at OU that he's going to face, I don't know if he'll be ready for that. Um, if he can get ready quickly, then, yeah, he would jump into my top three. But as of right now, I have him four behind Connor Bazelak. That's interesting. I, I, I So we've got a completely different top four here. Um, as uh, my number three is actually Cade McNamara of Michigan. Wow. Uh, who is uh, – Took you to the championship game. Took you, you to the championship game, but he's like quarter – you know, he's traditionally quarterbacking the offense there. Um, he threw against Nebraska 22 of 38. You have to remember, that was a, quite a surprise. He only averaged 23 attempts per game, and especially during the early non-con, they were not even throwing like 20 times a game. So it was a surprise that he came out slinging it last year. Uh, ultimately, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions, 2,576 yards. Um, I think that he's got, you know, he did a good job of quarterbacking his team, and sometimes when that's what's asked of you. Um, it's you easy know, when you're handing it off to Hassan. Right, you, you know. <laughs> Haskins, yeah. Blake Corum, who got in, I mean, he's <laughs> back. I, I think that Donovan Edwards is going to be good. They're, they're running backs. So that's probably going to take Hassan Haskins' uh, role in that one-two punch. I think he's still got some things to work with, um, but I, just because he doesn't, I don't, I don't think he's the lead actor in that offense. That's why I've probably got him down a notch. And he'll be challenged by J.J. McCarthy That's as well. Thing, That's yeah. another thing that's just not guaranteed for him. If he's tricking it off, then J.J. McCarthy's waiting in the wings, can jump in there and, and probably fill in a void. I mean, I don't think they're going to let it get too far away from them uh, in that type of situation. But, I, yeah, so I had Connor Bazelak, I had K. McNamara, and, of course, since we're getting down to it, you already know I have Aiden O'Connell. Oh, yeah. It's just I don't even have to really speak about that. You just you just know what you're getting with that guy. Yeah, I'm a big Aiden O'Connell guy, so I'm glad to hear that, that we agree there. 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions uh, last year, 3,712 uh, 3, yards. For what it's worth, I have Dylan Gabriel at number two. I know you had him at number three, um, but, but you mentioned some of it. And there is a inj- worry about him coming back from injury, so um, that's probably why uh, maybe you slid him down a yeah. little bit. but. In any case, Aiden O'Connell, what people do fear is that he doesn't have David Bell. He doesn't even have Milton Wright now, who is the number two receiver, but he didn't have either of them in the bowl game, and he threw for 534 yards and five touchdowns. So I think he'll be just fine, and uh, Purdue doesn't have a running game, and they don't try to have a running game. It's the Aiden O'Connell show. You know show, what it is. And, uh, and, he'll, and he'll be out there th- uh, you know, slinging that ball around. I think he's the most difficult. But again, when you look at this list, I think there's maybe, to me, it's Dylan Gabriel and, and Aiden O'Connell who I'm worried about, you know, kind of throwing for 350 or more. I don't really have too much a concern about the rest of the, the quarterbacks. I think that the, the black shirts have their own questions. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, it, the schedule is not overbearing with, with tough, difficult quarterbacks to match up with. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, it just comes down to that. I think um, looking at Purdue, I mean, just just take note. I mean, they could perhaps have one of the league's best offensive uh you know, teams this year, oh, yeah. you know, they've got two recruits that came over from Iowa and uh, Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones. Uh, they could, they could have something, you know, in the bag. There's some, there's, there's some tricks out there for Jeff Brom, who is a very offensive minded coach. Yeah, don't sleep. Don't sleep on Purdue. I know some people are uh, because they do. I mean, they lost George Karloftis on that side, on the defensive side as well. Um, so you have to think that, you know, might take a step back, but 
And Nate O'Connell we trust here on the block. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, it's time uh, for a shootout with Strick. Your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. All you have to do is call right now because, well, it's only one contestant. So the first contestant will do 402-464-5685. We'll see if you can beat Strick in a shootout. Coming up next on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 